May only God's word be spoken. May only God's word be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Our second reading today comes from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is a rich and complex work. Um, many scholars think that it is originally a sermon. It's a rich and complex sermon in which the preacher is trying to explore what Jesus is all about, the meaning of Jesus and his work in this world, kind of uh, what's its purpose, what was God trying to do in Jesus coming down here, uh, how that works, how it's accomplished, um, and what the meaning is for us. Um, and there are, like I said, it's a rich and complex work. There's a lot of stuff in here. One of the major themes that keeps coming back is this issue of salvation. How is salvation achieved through Christ? And, and uh, why does that matter? Now, when this was being written, uh, when it was being preached for the first time, is in the first century, and in order to talk about Jesus, they didn't yet have things like the Gospels or the Epistles, right? It's all being written about the same time. It may have been written before, maybe written after the Gospels, but either way, the Gospels were not yet widely distributed to all the communities. And so you don't, he, the, the author doesn't have that to rely upon. Instead, what the author has to rely upon is Scripture, as they understood it in the first century, which is more or less what we have today as the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And so uh, the author is taking those stories, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, uh, Ruth, the Samuels, the Kings, the Chronicles, the Prophets, the major ones and the minor ones, uh, taking all of that and showing how it is that Jesus is understood in light of that. How do those stories help us understand what Jesus is all about? But also, sometimes it goes the other way too. How does Jesus understand those stories? It's kind of this mutual interpretation that is going on. Like I said, it's a rather rich and complex um, uh, sermon that was being given. And there's some really interesting stuff in there. Um, you can see how this preacher has a very kind of uh, creative and holy imagination. And they will take stories which I suspect we would not remember, like the story of Melchizedek, which is three verses in Genesis. I don't think we'd remember Melchizedek except for the fact that it's in Hebrews. And takes how the priesthood of Melchizedek and the priesthood of Jesus are related to each other and how they interact and help illuminate uh, each other in the process. But that's not the part we have for today. Instead, the part we have for today is chapter 11. Now, right before chapter 11, it, uh, there is this line that says, we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. We are among those who have faith and so are saved. Salvation comes through faith. This is a profound and an important statement that the preacher makes. It's also a statement that raises a whole lot of questions. Like, okay, but what is faith? 
And that is our reading for today. That's what we get in chapter 11. This question, the answer to the question of what is this faith in which we find our salvation. And so it begins, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That's a very nice bumper sticker kind of answer. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. But what does that mean? That's a little bit mushy right there. And so, like I said, this, uh, this author really likes to use the story, the understanding that everybody who would be hearing this understands of how it is that God has worked in the world, and likes to take that to illuminate the concepts, the ideas that the preacher's trying to make. And so that's exactly what we have here. The author goes and gives us great review of the story of salvation, of the story of the ancestors, that great cloud of witnesses, in order to illuminate what faith is, because faith is kind of such a mushy concept that has to be embodied in real actions for us to grasp it. And so the preacher tells the story. The part we heard today is the story of Sarah and Abraham. We've been hearing a lot of them over the past few weeks, how they went on uh, this amazing journey, leaving behind everything at home in order to follow God to a new land on a wild promise, a promise to the ancestors of a great nation, a promise that they're probably already too old for when the promise is made. But they trust in God and they go anyway. And certainly they're too old by the time the promise is actually uh, realized. The reading today, I think, is the second time that God... Uh, makes his promise to them. And you already see Abraham's getting a little fed up. Um, it's only gonna get worse. He's gonna laugh the next time God says it. And then the next time after that, Sarah's gonna laugh. They're gonna say, we're too old for this, God. You must be kidding. But that's not the only story that the preacher makes here. Uh, you might notice there are a few verses missing there. That is the story of Abel and the story of Enoch and the story of Noah and their faith. And it's gonna continue on, the story of Isaac and the story of Jacob and the story of Joseph and the story of Moses and so on. Kind of reviewing this great story through that lens of faith, of what is faith? How did these people live in faith? And as the preacher tells these stories, they already know the stories, so he doesn't need to kind of go in depth into them, right? And so some of them are kind of paragraph length, like we had today about Sarah and Abraham, but some of them are just sentences. You know, Noah had faith because he built an ark. That's kind of, that's kind of it. Joseph had faith because he secured the future of his family, right? So it's just little kind of touchdowns to remind people what the story is, how it is that they had faith. Um, some of them are bigger, some of them are paragraph length, like Moses. Moses certainly gets uh, a lot of play in this. And then you can just imagine how this is going on because there's a sermon. And I know none of you ever do this, but you can kind of imagine the congregation looking at their watch, kind of, as this is being preached. Like, come on, okay, yeah. And so you get to this point where uh, the preacher just starts name dropping. Uh, and what more should I say, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Get to the prophets, like what's it, like 15 people or so, and just kind of lumps them all together. And the prophets. Um, kind of running out of time there, but knowing that as they heard each of those names, they would remember their stories. 
just a little touchdown on what this is. And in the process of going through this great review of their ancestors, they would start to paint this picture of what faith is all about. And that picture that we see painted is that this radical trust in God. Of people going on adventures and journeys with ridiculous promises. Of people standing up with, against great odds for justice and against the great empire. Think about the story of Moses staying up against the greatest empire in the world, Egypt at that time, in order to achieve their freedom. These are stories of faith. Stories of people, the, the little guy fighting the big guy. Stories of challenging lions and facing fires and helping those in need. All of these wonderful stories that paint this image of what faith is all about. Faith is not, in the author of Hebrews' understanding, faith is not about getting it all right. Faith is not necessarily about doing the right thing all the time. Faith is about trusting in God. Now, right now at my house, my current read aloud that I'm doing at night uh, is The Lord of the Rings. And this week, there was this little part that really stood out to me as kind of embodying this understanding of faith that um, Hebrews is talking about. This takes place near the beginning. We're only in chapter 3 at this point. It's it really near the beginning. Frodo has sold his house, and he started out on the journey, but they haven't gotten very far. And he and his companions uh, get to this point that one of the companions, Sam, has never seen before. And it says that Sam's round eyes were wide open, for he's looking across lands he had never seen to a new horizon. We're near the beginning, but not quite the very beginning, and they're about to embark on something new. And then Frodo says this poem that he's not quite sure if he picked it up from Bilbo or if he made it up himself. But he says, the road goes ever on and on, down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow if I can pursuing it with weary feet until it joins some larger way where many paths and errands meet. And whither then I cannot say. Faith is this journey along the road, taking it as far as we can see, and then taking the next step into that part that we cannot see. Going on that uncertain way with only this one certainty in mind that God will be there to be with us, to walk with us. God is there in that unknown. That is the journey of faith. Knowing but not seeing that out there is the larger way. That our own path along that road of faith will meet up with the paths of others 
with Sarah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Miriam and Samson and David. All of those great ancestors that their journeys of faith and our journeys of faith, which is that journey of trusting in God. Not always knowing continuing to walk even when our feet get a little weary. Not necessarily knowing it all, not having it all right, not doing it perfectly, but taking the next step. Amen.